everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is July 29th. It's 2020. We have nine baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Will Chief Justice 06. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great, man. Uh, hopefully, I'll be doing a lot better if uh, these guys can kind of pick it up for me. I ran a pretty unique team for my single entry stuff. I didn't really stack. I kind of ran some two-mans and uh, that's kind of how I ended up today. I just, I, I like some stuff I saw on the date and was hoping I would capitalize on it. So we'll see how it goes. But other than that, man, definitely excited to come back on and, and talk some MLB. Uh, man, I, we get a good pitching slate for this one. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited even with the limited pitch counts. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited that we're just going to have some pitchers that actually um, are, are worth it here to talk about. So Let's jump right in. We got nine games to break down here. Um, neither site, including the Cubs Reds game today. It looks like both sites are starting at seven oh five. So that's where we're gonna start. We start with the Brewers and the Pirates. Brandon Woodruff against Joe Musgrove. Um, any interest here in Woodruff? Yeah, I mean, I know we just saw some Woodruff. I, obviously, they increased the price of a few hundred on uh, on DK. Um, I still think it's it's viable there, especially if it's pitch count can increase I think I think he'll be okay I, I think he's I think he's safe enough uh for this slate uh I, I'm not going to play him on FanDuel this time just because we've got some really high upside arms um but you know if he goes five innings five K's doesn't give up any runs again uh which I mean I know he gave up a couple the last time but you know if he doesn't give up any runs then he could very well end up on your tournament team. So I, I like him. I think he's – I wish I could have got him in a 7K range again, but he's good. Yeah, like, you know, it's it's been the last couple of days I've been pitching guys against the Pirates, and it's the same argument. Like, there's not a lot of bats that scare me in this lineup, and it's a great ballpark upgrade for the, the Milwaukee pitchers. So I think Brandon Woodruff definitely in play. We obviously – have a lot more options on this slate than we have in the last few days. But um, you look at Woodruff, the, the stats definitely suggest that, like, he's a really strong pitcher with strikeout upside. And he threw 85 pitches in his first start. So that's super encouraging to see if you're wanting to play um, Woodruff in this spot. The other side of this game, we got Joe Musgrove. Musgrove, decent against righties, but the strikeout rate and the ISO numbers start to climb against lefties. Do you have any interest here in Musgrove? Um, you know, generally I don't at this $5,300 price tag, you know, maybe that boosts my interest, but overall, uh, I think it's going to be a hard pass. I, I think, you know, they're just higher upside arms, uh, that I can roster and I, I can still pretty much play who I want. So Joe Musgrove is going to be a guy, like I said, for the price, I totally understand it. I, I, me personally though, not going to be in my player pool. Yeah. Like, There'll be spots this year that, like, I play Musgrove. You put Musgrove on uh, on Tuesday's slate, and he's massive chalk. So, <laughs> um, it, it just tells you, like, how different the slates are. The only thing that interests me here about Musgrove is if you're going, like, say you're going DeGrom or Garrett Cole or Charlie Morton on DraftKings, Musgrove's 5300 so, like, the price – and there's strikeouts in the Milwaukee lineup. You know, Hera, Smoke, Garcia, these guys all strike out at a high clip. So, for a guy that threw 99 pitches in his first start, like, at 5,300, 
there's a lot worse that you can do. So I don't hate Joe Musgrove as like an SP2, but, you know, as a top-end starter on FanDuel where there's just so many good arms at the top, I just don't think you can do it. Uh, let's talk bats. Anything standing out to you for the Brewers? Well, I mean, look, I think, you know, to me, there's certain guys that I feel like I can play every day or almost every day. Uh, Kristen Yelich is for sure one of those guys. I mean, last season, 377 ISO, 481 Woba against righties, um, you know, walking at about a 14.6% clip. You know, I think, you know, I think he's in play every day um, at, at, at those numbers. Uh, you know, Musgrove is a guy that is going to have a, a fairly good pitch mix to lefties. I mean, he's, he's throwing fastball, slider, changeup you know, sinker, but I, I'm not really worried about that. I, I think Yelich is patient enough at the plate to kind of sit on it. So he's a guy I'll be interested in. Uh, and maybe a little bit of Justin Smoke as well. Uh, outside of that, I think it's just, you know, a couple of one-offs. But Yelich and Smoke, those are two guys I really like. All right. Um, you know, I think Yelich is, like you said, in play every single day. Um, you can play him as much as you want, anytime that you want. I don't have a ton of interest here as far as the Brewers' bats go. Um, again, like pitcher's ballpark, Joe Musgrove is a decent pitcher. He gives up a lot of hard contact. But you, you start digging into the hard contact, and it's like Yelich and Smoke. It's the two guys that you said. Um, you know, if you want to make it a three-man with Hera, I have no issues with that. Um, you know, the other side of this game, the Pittsburgh side, like you could play Josh Bell any day that you want. I feel like we can make an argument for that every single day. And Adam Frazier's cheap hits lead off with a low strikeout rate. Um, he's going to put the ball in play, but like he's not going to give you that ceiling that some of these other guys give, even with an 86% contact rate against Ryan and pitching last season. Yeah. Um, anybody else? Like I know Moran's going to DH a lot this season, but. Yeah, uh, good luck. Uh, I don't care about that double-down game he had the other day. I will not be playing Colin Moran on this particular slate. Uh, you know, you give me one of the bottom <laughs> feeder pitchers, hey, I, I don't mind playing some Pirates, but I, I'm not going to play any of these guys against Brandon Woodruff. They, they'll probably score a run or two, maybe three, but uh, I don't think that's going to be enough. That's going to be enough to, to make me play any of those guys. Royals, Tigers, Duffy, Matt Boyd, um, you know, Danny Duffy coming in here. Listen, Will, when we look at both these teams, there's not a lot that, like, scares us against left-handed pitching. I know Danny Duffy's not good. On a different slate, maybe? Like, is there any reason to play Danny Duffy on this slate? No, no, no. no not at all. I think we've got enough pitching, uh, another hard pass. Yeah, like, he pitched really well in his first start. They did not let him go deep, though. Like, he went, I think, 60 or 65 pitches. It was really – it was a short leash. Um, I, I'm with you. I don't really have a ton of interest. Like, the interest is slight just because there's so many strikeouts in the bottom of the Tigers' order, and we're going to talk about that all year. Like, Candelario down, Maven, Reyes, um, Greener, Jones. Like, there's just so many strikeouts in this lineup that, like – if it was – like, if it was the game before, like, if Musgrove or Woodruff was facing this team, they'd be, like, elite plays for me. Um, Danny Duffy just doesn't have the K stuff anymore. Yeah, man. Um, you know, in one season, I think it was two seasons ago maybe, I mean, we thought he was just smoking, but obviously he's come back down to earth. Uh, he remembered so that he was Danny Duffy. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> of course he did. So, yeah, no, no Duffy for me. Uh, Matt Boyd on the other side of this game. Listen, Will, I'll let you go first here with Matt Boyd. I have a lot to say when it comes to him. Um, you know, give me your thoughts. Well, I mean, look, man, I, if, if we go off last season, Matt Boyd is an elite play on this slate. I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to let you have it here, but I was pretty excited about Matt Boyd as well because his price is 9K, uh, 30% K rate, 3.84 XFIP. He's going to have some strikeouts. Uh, you know, the, I mean, his fastball, he's throwing it around 92. And, you know, you kind of look at what, what this team does against that particular pitch. I mean, nothing special. Uh, you know, the contact numbers are there. A couple of guys at the top of the order have high ISOs. But outside of that, Big Broom, Mejia, Hernandez, Bubba Starling, you know, we, we don't know what we're going to get out of these guys. So I, I do think he'll give up a run or two. But overall, I, I think he's a good play for 9K, even if he throws 80 pitches, 85 pitches. He's not in the top tier, obviously, but I think as an SP2, I think Matt Boyd is going to be viable today. Yeah, and, like, his price. I love the fact that he's kind of priced up here. So, like, this is what you're going to get from Matt Boyd. You're going to get a really strong start with a lot of strikeouts, or he's going to struggle with his command like he did in his first start, and he's going to get rocked like he did against the the Reds. So, not playing Matt Boyd in cash games here. Um, I haven't looked at his like Yahoo price or anything, but like this is this is to me like an excellent you know tournament play. Take take your take your upside, take your ceiling in large field tournaments. He'll be sub ten percent because of the price. He's right around like Paddock and some of these other guys. So. This is a dude with a 30% K rate and a 14% swinging strike rate last season. He has strikeout stuff. If he has his command in this start, there's one, two, three, four, five, six guys in this lineup with strikeout rates over 20%. So the upside is there, and it's just really a command thing. So um, any interest here in the Royals' bats? No, man, and just as as an aside – Matt Boyer was pitching in Cincinnati with probably really good weather for hitters. So I'm, I'm going to give him a pass on that first start. First one out of the gate, but I'm not playing anyone from Kansas City tomorrow. I don't care how well they've been hitting the ball in Detroit. Uh, I'm, I'm not playing them. Yeah, like I've been playing Kansas City the last couple of days. Um, you know, played a lot of Whit Merrifield yesterday. It's just, for me, outside of stacking them, like outside of just running out of stacks saying, all right, maybe he doesn't have his stuff. Like I'm just not there. And it would probably be like a secondary, like three man stack than anything else. Like maybe Merrifield Soler and either Mondesi or Perez as like a three man or Franco. Um, I don't think I go five man here. And then on Detroit side, like CJ Crone is the ultimate one-off. Um, like the, he's an awesome play on FanDuel. Like I said yesterday, really with him, you don't have to – you get two first base slots on FanDuel. So, like, if you're wanting to play C.J. Crone, you're not eating up, you know, your first base slot. Um, so, I think C.J. Crone is definitely a one-off. Is there anybody else I'm missing here? No, I mean, listen, if, if you want somebody that I think is going to get on base two or three times in this game, I think you can play Miggy. I mean, he's got really good – He's got crazy high contact numbers here for for everything that Duffy's throwing. So I, I'm not like I'm not a Miggy guy right now, obviously, because he's getting older. He's not the same Miggy. But in terms of just putting the ball in play, 
I mean, if if Crone is going to hit home runs, I I just feel like Miggy's going to be on base when it happens. So, Miggy for the contact numbers and, and just being able to put the ball in play. Think of him as a you know Kurt Suzuki on steroids right now. <laughs> Moving on, we got the Dodgers and the Astros. Christian Javier against uh, Dustin May. Um, any interest here in Dustin May? No, the, the, I, I I I don't trust any Dodgers right now in terms of the pitch counts. I don't think he'll go deep enough into the game, so I'm, I'm just I'm I'm passing on all the Dodgers until we get some stability with these starters. Yeah, and, and like honestly, probably won't go too deep here. Um, you know, like you look at it, and the Dodgers, like you said, they're obviously being super careful when it comes to their starting pitchers. Um, we found out like 75 for Bueller. I. I I was looking it up and I couldn't find it really quick, but like he wasn't even supposed to pitch opening day and he started for Kershaw. Um, So I just don't expect a lot as far as like pitches. It's a tough matchup against Houston. Dustin may, he, he has some stuff. It's just like, this isn't the right spot um, for me. And then the other side of this game I don't really know what to think with Christian Javier. Um, do you have thoughts on him? I just – like, it's a young kid making his debut. And, like, from what I was reading, Will, good fastball, good curveball, six in the organization as far as, you know, prospect-wise. But, like, this is a guy we've seen one inning, and, like, it was out of the relief role. Is he going to pitch deep into this game? Like, there's just so many question marks, and we have so many pitchers on the slate. I just can't do it. Yeah, man. And I think – I think I don't think we have to decide to play these bottom feeders today, guys that we know are going three to four innings. Uh, you know, I think just the top-tier pitching is just getting me away from all the jump guys. And I'm not saying Javier is not going to be – a good pitcher long-term, but I'm just not going to risk on this particular slate playing a guy that one could get touched up really quick and two may only go three innings, three, four innings. Um, And, you know, I have to assume he's, you know, not going to strike out as many guys as he's done in, you know, triple A and double A ball. So I, I'm not touching any of the bottom feeders today. Yeah. This guy had really great stuff as far as numbers go in like the minors, but like this is a huge jump. Um, he only threw 11 innings in AAA last season. So, this is a huge jump. This is a guy that started 2019 in single-A baseball and progressed to AAA throughout the year and now is going to get the first crack at filling like this um, Justin Verlander gap that they need filled for the Houston Astros. So, swinging strike rate, K rates look great in the minors. Show me something. Um, his curveball is really high rated. Um, it's just like, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to show me that you could go more than like 60 pitches before I start playing you too. Um, bats here. Like, I don't know if I necessarily want to stack against him. Um, it is the Dodgers. If you want to stack the Dodgers, I'm never going to complain against a double a pitcher. Um, but I think that's the way that you approach the Dodgers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's the case. I mean, I don't have like this hard rule, but typically if it's a new pitcher, um, you know, unless it's a, a guy that has just dominated AAA, you know, kind of like when Blake Snell came up, he was kind of a dominant pitcher, uh, something like that. You know, I don't really um, I, I don't really buy into the hype and I'll, I'll typically always stack a team. So 
Uh, I, I would be full full steam ahead with the Dodgers stats, despite not knowing how this guy's going to perform. And it could just be a first game jitter and the next game he dominates. But um, I, I would be more heavy on the Dodgers than this pitcher for sure. And maybe we'll see him get a, a softer matchup next time through. Who knows? But, you know, I, I think the Dodgers stack against a, a righty is always in play no matter what, too. So um, on the Houston side, Dustin May is good. He's not great, but he's good. He's very was very efficient against righties last season. Um, uh, like, again, like I feel like both these teams will – it's like a stack or nothing for me. I'm not going to pay the prices for these guys that, like, are so expensive. Like, I don't know, is Brantley still free? Like, he possibly is still free. Yeah, I mean, Houston, man, you know, I, I've got my little <laughs> – my little sneaky, my little sneaky tool here, and I kind of—I still look at team runs per game over the course of a week, the season, the last three, the last game they had, because I just want to see. Look, I believe in hot streaks. I believe guys get hot at the plate, and right now, I wouldn't consider Houston hot, but they're just so steady right now. All their games have been at home recently, but as of right now, they're averaging seven point two five runs per game. Uh, last three games, they're averaging seven runs. They scored eight. So they're not just blowing it out of the water. They haven't scored 10 or 12 runs, but they're just really steady, and that's what you get with Houston. So uh, I, I think I, I think if you're going to play Houston, I think you'll get them at much lower ownership, even though they're probably going to be in somewhat of a bullpen game tomorrow. So I, th- this could be a really sneaky uh, stack both sides of the game spot er- early on and uh, see what happens. Bradley's 3K on DraftKings. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know, I know we price... haven't been talking talking specifics, but I know. They just they didn't price <laughs> him up, man. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Red Sox, Mets, Nathan Eovaldi, Jacob DeGrom. Um, any interest here in Eovaldi? No. Listen, I know that he had, like, somewhat of a decent start his first time out. Um, Smoking yeah, beers. <laughs> <laughs> just listen um the six innings it was strong it was against the the Orioles um the Mets line up much better and um I just can't do it Jacob DeGrom you know top three pitcher on this slate we got Cole we got Morton we got DeGrom the Red Sox are ice cold um what are your thoughts here when it comes to Jacob DeGrom well I wouldn't care if the Red Sox were flaming hot Jacob DeGrom would be, you know, at the top of my list, period. Um, I, I think this is a great spot for him. Um, you, and, I, and look, I know it's too early to get in the 2020 numbers, but I still want to want to give this out to the people, Stevie, so they understand that, you know, a couple of the top hitters on this team, not even J.D., and J.D. struck out a, a couple times tonight. So this number is going up. But for 2020 right now, Ben Attendee's at a – 33% K rate. Devers is at a 36% K rate. And Xander is at a 33% K rate. The bottom of this order is actually what you want to target where you have Moreland Vasquez, JBJ. I mean, these these are the guys that are keeping them relevant right now. I, I think this is going to be a dominant performance by DeGrom. I haven't seen anything on his pitch count. Maybe he gets an extra 10 pitches, that'll probably get him through an inning because it seems like he'll only need three pitches for Ben and Timmy, Devers, and Xander. That'll get him through the whole first inning. So I I like DeGrom. Uh, I, I think he's going to be, be a great play here. And obviously, like I said, I know it's too early, but I still just wanted to see how rough it has been for the top of this order because the bottom has been doing very well. Yeah, so DeGrom, like 72 pitches his first time out. 
he was someone that like in spring two 2.0 had a little bit of issues and stuff. I would probably guess like max 85. I'd be shocked if he throws more than 85 pitches here. Um, one of the reasons that I have Cole ahead of DeGrom on this slate is because I do think Cole has the potential to throw more pitches than DeGrom. But let's just be honest, um, you know, DeGrom, he's always a top option. It doesn't really matter, like, who he is facing. We got to also consider, like, you know, Jared Cole, you know, he has – Garrett Cole has a better bullpen behind him. He has a better chance to win. Uh, their prices are very close. So, like, if I'm comparing the two – it's Cole over to Grum, but it's both of them over Morton for me. So, um, you know, I def- I'm with you. I-, I think he's a top option. I have zero interest in the Red Sox bats. Um, do you have any interest in them? Negative. Like, the only reason you're playing the Red Sox here is just you're, you're accepting, like, all right, I'm going to be contrarian. I know they're going to be low owned, and they're the Boston Red Sox. Jacob DeGrom doesn't pitch well. He's at 60 pitches after three innings, and they're like, all right, we're going to take it easy, and we're going to pull him. Like, that's the only reason you're playing the Red Sox stack. I'm not saying it can't happen. It's baseball. It's a high-variance sport. Anything can happen on any night. But outside of playing 150 teams, I don't have interest in the Red Sox. Um, I actually have slight interest in the Mets, Will. What are, you, what are your thoughts here on the Mets? Yeah, I like the Mets. Uh, you know, good good ballpark to hit in. Um, I'm not a believer in Eovaldi by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I mean, this guy is just going to be, you know, in my opinion, throwing meatballs at the plate. And, look, he's got high velocity. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, he, he's just proven it, that he's not the Nathan Eovaldi that maybe we all thought he was going to evolve into. And so uh, I, I like the Mets. Uh, Michael Conforto has actually been, been doing fairly well this season. So he's a guy I've got penciled in, not, not necessarily just for lefty-righty, but just as of right now, he's play, he's been playing pretty well. If you look at this season's numbers, like I said, I, I know it, it seems uh, really early, but I like to just kind of look and see what's going on. I think he's going to be fine here. Um, Jeff McNeil, maybe, uh, just because of the platoon advantage with him, he, he's, he's done really well, at least last season, against righties, 244 ISO, 401 Woba, 13.4% K rate. Very interesting on this slate, especially if you're thinking about stacking this team. So those are just two guys that that uh, I really like. Obviously, you can play, play Pete Alonzo any day, but those two guys I just, just wanted to highlight there. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, Like Eovaldi, he, he had a good start last time out. Like he's had bright star, starts from time to time, but like you look at his numbers last season against lefties and like the fly balls, the hard contact, the ISO – like McNeil, Conforto, Cano, um, Nimo, like there's so many guys. Like then you throw in like Alonzo and Cespedes. Like th- there's a stack waiting to happen here, and it's not like the Red Sox bullpen is any good. And look, we're looking at a projected, but they may very well take out JD Davis and play Dominic Smith tomorrow. I even actually better. think they're going to. Yeah, like, I mean, even it could get ugly real quick. Yeah, like do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, up next, we got Tampa facing your Atlanta Braves. Charlie Morton, Mike Sorka. Um, any interest here in Morton? Oh, I mean, like I said, we've just we've got pretty good pitchers on this slate. I think if you're playing Morton, I think you're playing him because you feel like he's viable. You feel like he's one of the better pitchers. Uh, he's he's slightly below 
in terms of price, the other top tier guys, I think that's why you play them. We haven't been playing particularly well over the course of the season. I mean, we've had, I think we had one really big game, but outside of that, and the season's early, don't get me wrong, but we haven't been, been hitting well to, to what I think we should be doing so far. So I don't mind Morton um, if we want to maybe get away from some, some coal or some DeGrom and maybe go a little bit more mid-tier. I think that would be my, my reason for playing Morton. But other than that, um, you know, that's all I have. Listen, it, it's really going to come down to ownership. Like, Charlie Morton has a ceiling just as high as those other two guys. Like, those guys are probably a little bit better than Charlie Morton as an overall pitcher. But if Charlie Morton is 5% on this slate because he's facing Atlanta, I think it, it's definitely, um, you know, something to watch. He threw 80 pitches in his first start. Um Still think they're going to be kind of careful. Tampa tends to be a little bit careful. Um, he's more of a veteran, so maybe the fact that he's like on the 36-year-old side of things, maybe they let him go a little bit deeper, but um, I think they're still going to be really careful with him. Um, the other side of this game, Mike Sorka, Will, like you know, you worked with me for a couple years now. You already know, and anybody that's listened to this podcast before, I'm a huge fan of the Braves' young pitchers, and I really like this kid. Yeah, man. Uh, Soroka's been great. Uh, it, you know, for him to be so young, and, you know, him, Newcomb, um, Max Fried, or Freed, Max Fried. Let's go, Max Fried. Um, you know, they, they've been well. And, and Soroka, if you look at the numbers last year, uh, what stands out to me is this massive ground ball rate at 52.1%. Uh, if you're going to be keeping the ball on the ground, you know, we just got to hope that Babbitt is in your favor along with your, with your strikeouts. And so uh, I, I like him here. I, I think this is a fine play. Tampa Bay has been playing well at home. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I think we can definitely side with Soroka. The only thing is the price. He's at 9500 so once again, you know, I, I think if you start getting into the 9K range with these guys, you know, depending on how you want to build it out, maybe you start thinking about, you know, like I said, the mid-tier. Maybe that's when you get into a Morton-Soroka combo or Soroka-Boyd or Soroka-Woodruff, something like that. Um, but but all in all, I, I like them a lot. Uh, on FanDuel, especially at 8800 I think that's a great price for them. Yeah, like I think he's in play on both sides. Um like there's a lot of value a hitter. If you want to go two top end pitchers, I don't think it's the hardest thing to do on this slate. Um, but here's the thing. He throws like a sinking fastball. So what Will was talking about with the ground ball, some models will rate it as a fastball. Some models will rate it as a sinker. Um, it's like a sinking fastball. He throws a lot to righties and lefties, uh, mixes in his slider, throws his change up. But, like, you start digging into, like, the Rays numbers against sinkers. And, like, outside of Choi, this team is really bad and hits the ball on the ground a ton and whiffs Ooh. a lot on sinkers. So, yes. when you start doing a little bit of the digging here, you know, it's a first-look podcast. I do a lot of my digging the, night, the, 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 the morning of the slate. But, like, looking at Sorka, like, he's a guy that stands out to me at first glance. He threw six innings in his first start. He's a guy that can pitch deeper into games. It's a tough matchup as far as, like, he's facing Morton. But, Will, like, again, like, we could see both of these guys come in at very low ownership. So, um, I like it. I like zero bats from this game. Yeah, same here. I'm with you, man. And <laughs> I, I rolled out some – I rolled out some raised stacks tonight. And, um, 
Uh, they've done marginally well, but yeah, zero raise will I have on this slate for sure. All right, we go Yankees heading to Baltimore after a couple days off um, from the Philly series. It sounds like it's going to be um, Garrett Cole against um, Woji. Woji was supposed to start the other day, um, so it sounds like he's going to get the start here. Um, let's start with Garrett Cole. What are your thoughts when it comes to Garrett Cole? Uh, just play him. Uh, th- those are my thoughts. I mean, I don't. you guys see the numbers for yourself. I don't even think we have to explain it. He's facing Baltimore. Just play the guy. Yeah, the upside here is incredible for Garrett Cole. Um, you know, this guy has 17% swinging strike rate, almost a 40% K rate last season. And the top of this order, younger guys, they don't strike out as much. But you start digging, you start going down in this order, and you get a lot of strikeouts. So I think Garrett Cole is the top option on the slate, like I said, when we were talking about the Grom. I do think Garrett Cole could go a little bit deeper in the game than some of these other guys. Um, and just the matchup is – it's fantastic. It's not the best ballpark in the world, but the matchup is fantastic, and um, Garrett Cole should should dominate after throwing a complete game in his opening day start, um, <laughs> all five innings. So, um, well, well, look, look, I will say this, man. It, I don't, I don't think it's completely optimal, but it's you can get away with playing Cole and Degrom today if you think they both come out here and have incredibly dominant performances, especially if DraftKings keeps Michael Brantley at 3K. Uh, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm not telling you to do it. I just kind of pulled it up because I knew we were going to get there. And, and gold, Cole and DeGrom, like you said earlier, it's viable if you can find the right cheap bats. Um, Woji on the other side of this game, like we were, gonna, we were talking about him the other day against the Marlins. This is a completely different matchup. Um, I'm going to pass on him in this one. Yeah, man, no need to fire him up on this. We'll have a chance to play him again, though. We certainly will. Yeah, for sure. Um, What are your thoughts here on the Yankees' bats? Well, I mean, I think, man, you know, you look across the lineup here. uh, If I'm not mistaken, and I don't have this in front of me, Stevie, viewers, please forgive me. This is just bad preparation for this game. I'm so sorry. I feel like Woj is going to be a a little bit more reverse splits. I could be wrong. I, I feel like that's the case. And if that is the case, then these Yankees righties are guys that, you know, I definitely want to fire up. You know, I want, I want a little bit of Judge, want a little bit of Stanton. Uh, give me a little bit of Voight. Give me a little bit of uh, Gary the Goat. Uh, if that's the case, I think these guys are in play. Only thing is they're really priced up. I mean, Gary Sanchez is 5,600. That's incredibly high. Torres, 5,200. Judge, Stanton, if you stack this team, then you most certainly – will probably be playing Joe Musgrove. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't, I, and I don't think I want to go that route, but I, I do want to get some Yankees exposure. Yeah, I think the Yankees are in play. Um, Woj just pretty splits neutral. Um, I, I will say one thing, like he gives up so much hard contact and fly balls. Like he, he really can give up home runs to anybody. So like, you know, if you want to play righties, lefties here, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like, any side of the plate that you want to play against him, um, you know, it's not a bad matchup for any of these guys. So, in that aspect of things, he's definitely in play. Um, and then, like, on the Baltimore side, I'm not playing any of these guys against Garrett Cole. You could chase a home run if you want to do that. But outside of that, like, you're probably just not doing it. Yeah. Uh, zero Baltimore Orioles. 
Cardinals twins, Daniel Ponce de Leon against Rich Hill. Um, any interest here in Ponce de Leon? No. Yeah. Listen, the guy, he showed some reverse splits last season. Um, he had some, you know, some reverse strikeouts against lefties last year. Really, all we saw from Ponce de Leon last year was I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw fastballs. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, you know, he wasn't expected to be, like, a, a starter in this rotation. He's filling in for Mikolos, who hurt and was out is out for the rest of the season. Um, I, the Twins, like, I'm going to say it again. Like, I'm going to stack them every day. We're going to talk about them in a few minutes. Um, I don't have any interest in Ponce de Leon. Rich Hill on the other side of this game, well, he's going to face a lot of righties here. But as we've talked about um, in the past, like, this guy can strike out both sides of the plate. Um He's 7,200. Never really think, like, he's going to be fully healthy and go deep into games. Um, <laughs> like, do you do you have any interest when it comes to Rich Hill in this spot? No. Listen, I, I, I hopped off the Rich Hill train a couple years ago, and I have saved myself money, I think. I, I don't think I'm ever going to play Rich Hill again. If he goes out with a dominant seven innings pitch, 7K performance, look, Great. Thank you, Rich. But I'm just not playing, man. You know, I feel like he's going to go out there and get a forearm bruise and get a splinter and then, you know, hurt his plantar fascia and then he's out for the season. So I I do think Rich Hill um, is a good Major League Baseball pitcher when he can pitch, which doesn't seem to be very often. He's 40 years old. Like, come on, give the guy a break. Um, (laughs) Well, quit quit accepting contracts. Go home and retire. Listen, when Rich Hill's healthy, he's really good. Um, yes, yes. Th- there's probably no better time to play Rich Hill than the beginning of the season. I actually kind of like Rich Hill as an SP2. Um, again, I probably wouldn't play him on Fandle here, but the Cardinals lineup, despite having all these righties, they're not very good against left-handed pitching. They were one of the least or uh, lowest teams rated against lefties last season. A lot of stats. Um, they're patient. Will, like, Rich, Rich Hill throw strikes. Like, this isn't a guy that's going to go out and walk people. He's not going to try to pitch around you. He's going to throw strikes. And, like, I think, like, this is the type of team that could struggle with, like, a Rich Hill type um, of pitcher. So, I don't mind him in SP2s and tournaments. But, no, like, if you're playing Rich Hill, there's a chance in the second inning he gets a blister and he's pulled. So, like, you, you're accepting the risk. But when you're looking yeah. in this price range, like – it makes a lot of sense to play him over like a Danny Duffy or Dustin May or Nathan Eovaldi. Um, so like, I don't mind if you're like, you're going down here and you need an SP two. Um, he's in play for me in that range as far as like SP twos go. Um, I got nothing as far as bats on the Cardinals. Like you can always play Edmund if he bats lead off and Goldie against the lefty, but that's about it for me. Yeah, nothing for me. And you might as well go ahead and throw Matt Carpenter into that, you know, uh, AARP list because he, he can sure enough go out there and get a back spasm his first at bat and just destroy your night. I played him so much on Tuesday, um, not doing anything. Like, he profiled well, I, a lot of them. He profiled so well. Um, I know. Who and knows? Look, Maybe he had a, that late inning home run for us. And I, I said this at the beginning of the season, and sure enough, it's working out. Homer Bailey is awful, but he goes out and throws these gems every year. You think you have him cornered, and he – oh, it's just it's just so painful when Homer Bailey doesn't give up runs. It's terrible. 
I played some Homer Bailey tonight, so I can't. I'm not complaining yeah, too much. I, I, I knew you did. I saw you in the in the chat earlier talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said something about him on extra survey today too. But <laughs> Padres, Giants, Chris Paddock, Johnny Cueto. What are your thoughts here when it comes to Chris Paddock? Well, hold on a second, man. We didn't talk about how good the Twins oh, were. Oh, do we have to talk about the Twins bats? Like, listen, man, I've got play them on. every day. Yes, <laughs> every but, day. but look, look, man, I, I, I've been sitting on this stat waiting to get to this. Oh, my bad. All right, do your the thing. The Twins are leading the league in runs yet again right now, averaging nine on the season. Last three games, they're averaging nine runs. The last game, they put up fourteen. This is not a fluky team, people. At any rate, I think at this point, one of the highest upside teams on the season, we've already talked about this. You talked about the first podcast. But just to reiterate, average to bad pitchers, I don't care about the name recognition. Just play the Twins every day for now. All right. Sorry. I'm done. Play them every day. Like, uh, again, they're, when we're, as we're recording the podcast right now, they're at six runs. And everybody got scared because they're facing Carlos Martinez. They're really low-owned. Like – Yes. Play him every day. Every, every day. day. All right. Uh, let's talk Chris Paddock, Johnny Cueto, Padres, Giants. Um, Chris Paddock, what's your thoughts on him? I like Paddock here. I, I think he can get through this lineup fairly efficiently. Um, obviously, we didn't see the K numbers the other day against Arizona. Uh, excuse me. But I, I think he can get through this lineup efficiently. Um, so, I like him a lot. I think for the price range at 8400 um, I, I think it's fair. You know, we saw him go out for six innings against Arizona. If he's efficient, I think he'll be fine. And, and I think he can be I've, – I've used the term efficient because I, he's not getting to 100 pitches. But I think, you know, uh, I think 85 to 90 is reasonable. And if he's efficient against this team, which I think he can be, I've used efficient about six times now, he'll be fine. And so for the price, I, th- I think he's a good play. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I think he's going to be your your chalky SP2 for cash games on the slate, uh, and, and for a good reason. Um, he's a really good pitcher. We, we saw so many bright spots with him last year. The Giants lineup is not very good. Um, you know, here's the thing. Like, anytime you're wanting to play Paddock or you're looking to f- attack Paddock, you have to look at how hitters do against changeups, and there's a lot of, lot of good numbers here for Paddock against this team. So – Chris Paddock has above average changeup. He's going to keep batters off of, off off balance with that pitch. Um, that and a 94 mile an hour fastball helps. So, like Chris Paddock a lot. Like I said, I think he's going to be your chalky SP two, great ballpark, and um, like he's an option on Fanduel just because I think he has a great chance to pick up the win, and he is in between like Cole Degrom, Morton, and Sirocco. Um, so could potentially get lower ownership because of the price. And again, like FanDuel and DraftKings, there's so many guys that are mispriced on the slate. It's not hard to get these top-end pitchers. Um, Johnny Cueto on the other side of this game, Will, you have any interest in him? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, I'm not playing any Johnny Cueto probably at all this season. Definitely not, not against the Padres, who have a pretty potent lineup. And not only is it potent, they're scoring runs this season. Uh, you know, when Eric Hosmer is getting sick and hitting home runs every other day, I just tell him, just stay sick the whole season as long as you can keep knocking him out of the park. So I uh, I, I don't want to play Cueto, and I do have some interest in these in these uh, Padres bats. 
Yeah, like the thing for me on Cueto too, like they only let him throw 63 pitches the first game and they they gave him an extra day of rest. So like how much are they really going to let him go here? Um, Like I don't like the numbers. He's a low strikeout guy, really like a pitch to contact ground ball guy. Um, The matchup, like overall, like if you're looking at the matchup, like this could be a matchup where he limits the damage. Um, High ground ball guy that doesn't give up a ton of power to righties in this lineup is full of right-handed power bats. So, like, I probably look at this matchup a lot more if this is Tuesday's slate and he's pitching because there wasn't as many options. But on this slate, so many options. Um, I don't really have any interest in Johnny Cueto. What's your thoughts on the Padres' bats? Yeah, I, I, I like the Padres. Like I said, um, I think, you know, I think this is a team that's going to try to put up runs. I think adding Tommy Pham, uh, you know, a base path, aficionado, a guy that's going to definitely try to swipe a few bags. I think that's going to help them uh, in terms of, you know, accumulating more runs throughout the season. Um, you know, I think they've got a good balance of experienced players and young players. You know, they've got Tatis at the top of the order, you know, Manny the man, Machado, uh, Eric Hosmer, you know, in the five hole typically. And then Will Myers, a kind of a streaky hitter. But I, I just think they've got the right mix. And I'm just – this season, I'm going to make sure to, you know, play teams against pitchers that I don't feel like are there anymore. And so, you know, I think Cueto fits that bill for me. So nothing standing out in terms of that just says, hey, play the Padres. But I think this is a good team. I think they're coming out of the gate swinging. And uh, I, I, I want to take advantage of that while, while, while I can. Yeah, I don't hate the Padres. Uh, they're another team that I think have a lot of upside in certain matchups. I wish they weren't in San Francisco. I hate stacking in this ballpark. So if I'm stacking San Diego, it's more of like a three-man than a, than a four- or five-man here. Um, San Francisco bats, I have zero interest. Like, I'm, I'm playing Paddock a lot on this slate and um, staying away from these bats. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we got the Mariners and the Angels. Justin Dunn against Andrew Heaney. Um, any interest here in Justin Dunn? No. Yeah, I just – tough matchup. Like, the Angels don't strike out a ton. Um, like, this guy is, you know, one of the top prospects as far as this organization goes. He has a good slider. Um, but, again, like, double-A pitcher last season, they bumped him up at the end of the year and – we saw that he wasn't ready. He went from like a 12% swinging strike rate in double A to a 6% swinging strike rate in the majors facing the angels with a Otani healthy Rendon came back trouts in this lineup. Fletcher doesn't strike out. Like uh, it's just, it's not the spot to play Justin Dunn. And then on the other side, Andrew Heaney, like we're going to get done recording this podcast and I'm going to go watch, like I played Patrick Sandoval quite a bit and like that game's just now getting started. Um, so like I'm going to go watch and see how the Mariners do against the lefty because well, I'm looking, I'm looking for some SP two options, you know, in tournaments. And like, if they don't look good against lefties, like the numbers kind of suggest, like he's not the worst play here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I use Andrew Heaney, on occasion last year in the right spots. And, you know, typically it panned out, man. And, and a lot of times it was on a Sunday for whatever weird reason, one of those Sunday, you know, two, three, four o'clock games. And, you know, you've kind of got Haney on this island and he just comes out and, you know, goes six innings, seven, eight Ks, gives up a run or two. And lo and behold, he's your highest scoring pitcher on the slate. So um, I, I like Haney in this spot for sure. Um, he, and the thing I like about it is he does have – 
strikeout capability. And that's what I think you've got to try to pay for um, on these slates where you know the aces may not go as deep. Um, and, and, you know, you've got some guys that are going to be speculative. Haney had a 28.9% K rate last season. Um, does give up hard contact to both sides of the plate. But, hey, who, who cares with this team? I don't. I know they've been scoring some runs, but overall this still isn't a good team, and, and I, I like Andrew Haney in this spot. Um, any interest here in the Seattle Bats? Negative. Yeah, I don't really have a ton of interest either. Again, maybe like a, a three-man secondary stack at most here for Seattle, like Seager lefty-lefty. Maybe play the lefty-lefty matchup with Seager. Heaney has a really good strikeout rate against lefties, but he also gives up a lot of hard contact and a lot of a really high ISO to lefties. So, like, Kyle Seager, a guy that's really good against lefties, maybe you play that matchup as a one-off, chasing that, like, 2% home run in, in large field tournaments in, like, a, you know, four, five, $6 contest, whatever they, the big tournaments are. Um, and then on the other side, the Angels, like, I like the Angels. I think they're a team that could be a late-night hammer here. Yes. Um, like, Dunn, like I said, like, this, he, he, he looked good in AAA or AA um, numbers-wise and then, like, just didn't translate very well last year. Like, the guy that stands out to me probably the most outside of the big names is, like, Lestella because he could bat leadoff here. Um, and, like, as we were going, I always, like, mess around, like, with teams as we're going. And, like, we don't have a ton of second base options, um, you know, unless you're paying up for, like, a Max Muncy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love this team, and I think this is the late-night hammer. If I could pull out one of the one of the older guys that, you know, that I know still dibbles and dabbles in – uh, uh, MLB. This is like an E. Hafner special right here. He stacks the Angels, full stack. They come out of nowhere at the end of the night, score 10 to 12 runs. Mike Trout hits two home runs. Otani hits one. Rendon hits one. Upton hits a double, clears the bases. Just, I, I think this is probably one of my favorite teams on the night, man. I, I'm just being honest with you. But I love this team tonight. You know, you talked about La Stella. I mean, look at these numbers, man. 202 ISO, 362 Woba, 8.7% K rate on the season last year. And like you said, you know, in, on a slate where second base will, won't be as good, which is really most slates, you know, but uh, I, I think LaStelle is a fine option. I don't even hate old man contact Albert Pujols in this spot. Guys that have low K rates but are going to put the ball in play against guys that are – you know, locate, giving up the runs. I, I like this team, man. One of my favorite teams on the night, late night hammer, calling it right now. Uh, hot take, the Angels are going to score over 10 runs tomorrow. I like the call. Um, I think it's definitely a very doable um, call. They're, they're pretty cheap from what I'm seeing, too, on at least FanDuel. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that call. Um, I can definitely get behind it. <laughs> Will, um, I don't know if you mess around with pricing yet, but um, if you like Minnesota, you're going to love their pricing and what you can do with them on FanDuel because I know you like to play over there. So, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it is um, – it's almost too easy to stack the Twins with like a DeGrom and Garrett Cole, which kind of stinks, um, but it's going to be but pretty nobody, low on here. Nobody will have them stacked with the Angels, though. I'm tell you I'm going to be all over the Angels tomorrow. Uh, I'm telling <laughs> you, like, oh, my gosh. All right, I love it. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Give me a under 8K pitcher to get six or more strikeouts on the slate. Oh, boy, under 8K? 
man, you know, it, it just got kind of easy, man. G- give me Mr. Haney, 100 under. If he can get to the fifth inning without having a blister, I think Rich Hill has a chance to get six more strikeouts. Yes. Um, again, like he healthy. When he's healthy, like he has the K upside. Um, give me your over 8K to bust, under 15 points from somebody that's up top today. Mm, this is a tough one, man, because I think everybody's going to get there. I think if I had to take one person to not get there. <sighs> it's tough. Like, this, this is really tough. I think they're all going to get there. I think I'd say maybe – Maybe maybe Woodruff, because Pittsburgh maybe has the lowest K rates out of most of the teams that we're looking at. Maybe Woodruff. I I, I don't see anybody not making it though. But I'll go Woodruff for that reason. Yeah, like I'm with you as far as like I think most most if not all these guys get there. I'm gonna go Boyd, um, just because if it's a control issue thing, like could not get there just because of that. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Who's your big guy? Who's your who's your guy that's hitting a home run today that you got up towards the top? Listen, nobody's playing Mike Trout on this slate for 6,200. I don't even want to do it, but I have to do it because he's going yard in this spot. 6,200 going all the way to the top. Plug in Mike Trout. He'll outscore half the pitchers on this slate. I like it. Um, I like it. I'm going to go – Man, I think I'm going to go Muncie. Um, I like it. I, I was debating Muncie or Bellinger. Muncie's a little bit better start to the season. I'm going to go with um, Muncie here. Uh, give me under 4K to get two hits today. Oh, yes. Very, very easy. At shortstop, 3,800. Jorge Polanco. That seems way too cheap for him. Um, oh, way too cheap. Whew. Yep. Gotta gotta like those Minnesota bats when they're cheap. Um, I'm gonna take the former Minnesota Twin and CJ Crone um, in that matchup. I think he gets a home run um, and gets like two it. hits here. So uh, he's cheap across the industry. The chalk answer is Brantley, but uh, we like to be a little bit different here. So yeah, your boy your boy Dom Smith needs to crack the lineup at 3,700. 3,700. I already peeped it out. I already yeah. peeped it out. I can um I can get behind playing that for sure. So, um, up next we got stack to score six or more runs. What do you got here? Oh man, I, I'm not gonna say the Twins anymore. I've, I've talked about the Twins enough. Um, I think my secondary stack though, honestly, is the Dodgers, and only because I don't think the Dodgers are gonna be high on on the slate. I could be wrong, but I've already kind of said I think the Dodgers in Houston may end up in a six to seven shootout or. Something like that. I, I, I'm going to take the Dodgers. All right. The Dodgers, it is. Um, man, you know, I feel like I've picked them a bunch already this season, but I'm going to go with the Mets to score six more runs here against Eovaldi in that bad Red Sox bullpen. Um, I like yes. their pricing. I like what you can do with building them. So uh, finish us off here, Will, over, under, against the spread pick. Anything standing out to you? I know we don't have a ton of lines out because we're recording a little earlier than usual, but uh, we have a few. Is there anything um, popping off the chart to you? Mm, nothing too crazy. I mean, maybe maybe this Detroit Royals game goes over. 
Let, let's go with that because this has kind of been a hot series recently. Let's go with that. Let's let's take the over on the Royals Detroit game. All right, nine and a half is what that total said in that. So, um, man, like honestly, I don't love anything so far here. Um, like, cause honestly, I'd probably take the over in the Mets Red Sox game. It's at seven and a half. As much as I love like Degrom on this slate, like the Mets could score seven and a half by themselves. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go Mets Red Sox over seven and a half. I feel like seven and a half is a really low total for this early in the season. Um, I feel like, I feel like by the time I wake up in the morning, that's going to be eight, eight and a half. So I'm going to take seven and a half um, for the Red Sox here. Mets game. Uh, we will have a morning grind game on DraftKings again um, on tomorrow's slate. Um, you know, we'll we'll see who wins that one. The winner from Monday's yeah Monday's contest um, was Tron. Congratulations to him. It's awesome. Um, just having fun with this morning grind contest. You're not going to get rich off of it, but it's fun to play against listeners. I usually play like my favorite stack or something in it most days. So um, except for today, like I, I think my lineup was like a one-off build of like a bunch of like guys that I just liked. So um, yeah. Will, any final thoughts? No, man. Uh, stack, stack up the angels people and, and let's make some money. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back talking some more baseball tomorrow. Hope everyone has an awesome day. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.